Is this mic turned on? Wax poetic. Hi, kids. I'm a dinosaur hunter BMX rider. All the little girls dream of one day biting into a corn dog and smiling at the camera. If I ran the web, you could email dead people. Wax poetic. And I don't give a moment's focus to who does or doesn't like the sound of my voice. In the terrarium is herpes. Herpes is a hermit crab. Just say no to family values. This is Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what if I write a poem like a song? Good afternoon and welcome to Wax Buttock. I'm one of your co-hosts, Pamela Bentley. And I'm R.C. Weslowski. Your other co-hosts today. Mm-hmm. And our, our guests today are... Fiona Tinway Lamb and uh, Jane Silcott here to uh, chat about the new book that they've uh, co-edited on Caitlin Press. Love Me True is the name of the book. Hello, welcome. Thanks for inviting us. Well, Thank you. Yeah, well, we did invite you, but you invited it yourself. Well, no, you didn't invite yourself, <laughs> but you offered the invitation because yes. you've got the book coming out, or the book is out now, um, and you had a reading or two already, and there's one coming up very soon as well, so we'll chat about that, but yeah. um, you wanted to share some work from the book. Sure. We thought we'd start with some poems. Um, the anthology is a collection of 20 nonfiction pieces, 26 nonfiction pieces, and 20 poets. And uh, I thought we'd start with this poem by Michael Crummy, Getting the Marriage into Bed. <laughs> Unplug the insatiable telephone, the apocalypse unfolding hourly on the network news crawl. Ignore the kitchen's Victorian factory of filthy dishes, the laundry pile suffocating a lost child in the basement. Ignore the lost children. Forget music and saffron and oysters. Put aside the cliched, the quaint rituals of wine and lingerie. Aphrodisiacs are for amateurs with more time than mm-hmm. common sense. Who've yet to learn bliss is stolen from the world in small, piercing slivers. Think of stealth as foreplay in the prison yard of daily events. Sneak out of your clothes as soon as the coast is clear. The air raid siren of a youngster crying is about to rise through the bedroom floor. The weight of the Three Gorges Reservoir has altered the planet's rotation by the same rate at which yesterday's dishes are going septic in the sink. Be resolute. Bliss lives for bliss alone. Apply yourself to that ephemeral sliver. You have less time than you think. And I'm going to read a poem called White Night, and that's Night Without the K, by Maureen Scott Harris. And this, you could say, is after you get the marriage into bed. (laughs) (laughs) A white night in the spare room, wind tossing the house, roiling the cedars, shadows riot across the white blind. You're in the dark, on the other side of the wall, snoring, Is this what marriage comes to? Sleepless, I consider the yin and the yang, their apparently endless flow, their yearning exchange. But if they fall still, stagnation is another form of transformation. Form, fall. 
I decant the alphabet. Fault, fear, female, frenzy, fester, failure. Oh, fie and fly. I fear my brain is failing. I'm tired of the foolish romp of words. The one I'm after is always absinthe. Absent. Advent. Ancient. Antsy. Aimless. Anguish. My soul grows mute, slips into the slow slough, sorry, where even snoring has stopped. Suffer the night thoughts to gather their small nipping selves and crawl under my quilt. November's sad and dreary ache, the turn to winter. New moon, no moon, shadow play in the streetlight's spotlight. The ghosts of this year's dead parade across the blind. I doze and wake, doze and wake. Mark the red-eyed clock's slender leaps towards morning. Leaps, leans, leaves, learns, lurks, longs, loves. The lotus is said to prefer stagnant water. Rooted in murk, it raises its astounding leaves like wings above the pond's surface. Flowers rising on thick stems to unfurl and catch the light. You're snoring again. <laughs> Are you my anchor or tether? Tether, tender, taut, tight, tame, time. This night may never end. The steady repeat and return of your breath, sounding between a wheeze and a groan, strike the exact tones of my old arguments with myself. To go out or stay in, to speak or be silent, restive, resentful, woeful, weary, I recite while the night grows pale. Wow, there's a lot going on in that poem. Isn't yes. it wonderful? Yeah, I just love this poem. And there's the other kind of going on. Yeah. The <laughs> that's right. Well, that's the yin and the yang of marriage in any long-term relationship, right? There's that excitement, but then there's always the dreary parts, the irritating parts as well. Uh, they come yes. together. The, lo the long nights that, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that yeah. may never Both end. Kinds. Both kinds, yes. <laughs> well, so why is that relevant? Because I don't know that. Did you say the? Did you say the uh, the subtitle? I can't remember. If I you don't did. think I did. Yeah. Actually. So maybe we should say the whole title of the book. Sure. It's writers reflect on the ins, outs, ups, and downs of marriage. So we've got a real range. We've got people who've decided not to get married, like Shalene Knight, who's a wonderful contributor. We've got people who've gotten out of marriage, people who've been in abusive marriages, um, and people whose partners have died. There's a real range of opinion and reflection in the book. And um, uh, is it all poetry? No, we've got uh, the 26 prose writers. Uh, some of the prose writers happen to be poets as well, like Joanne Arnett and Betsy Warland. Um, but we've also got these uh, 20 poets. So it's a combination. I love anthologies where they go back and forth and where you get stories in poems yes. and in essays and in story form. I love that. That's right. The, and poems really distill the emotions uh, mm. really well. So it's nice to sort of move from a really long um, an analytical piece into something that's, you know, very lyric. Mm -hmm. 
Where did this uh, arise from? This mm-hmm. book, like, was it the editors, or did you two, or uh, from the publisher, or was it you two getting together? How did it come about? Well, I've written poems about marriage and anti-marriage for a while, <laughs> and I thought I'd I'd started writing some nonfiction about the subject, exploring it, because I'd really struggled. Uh, I had a first marriage that didn't work out. I really wasn't happy in it. I wasn't happy that I got married in the first place. Then I started on a a second relationship many years later after having uh, my son and being a single mom. And I wasn't sure whether I wanted to get married because I knew the legal history of it. Um, And I was reading about marriage and Jane, um, my uh, classmate from uh, UBC, had written some wonderful pieces about marriage. And I thought, you know, rather than just me digging through these textbooks and uh, sociological books about marriage and trying to come to some kind of understanding of it to explain it to, to myself. Why not have an anthology of poetry and prose about the subject, exploring all the dimensions of it? So I approached Jane and over, I think about two and a half years, kept bringing up or the longer. subject. Yeah, or longer. Like, Wouldn't this be a great idea, yeah. Jane? A great idea? She said, no, no, oh, no. We no. Yes. Yeah. Okay. yeah. And uh, so finally she relented. I had persuaded her it would be really short because there were so many great pieces out there already. Um, for example, we've got Bronwyn Wallace, who died in the 80s. Mm. She uh, is a fantastic Canadian poet that's uh, often forgotten nowadays, but she shouldn't be. Feminist poet, worked with uh, abused women and shelters and so forth, and she wrote about adultery and marriage um, in a very insightful way. So I wanted to include her, and of course Michael Crummy and Lorna Crozier, and um, Rachel Rose, and Evelyn Lau, and all these other people who've written about the subject and bring them together, create a little community within a book mm-hmm. and I was so pleased that Jane uh, finally agreed and relented <laughs> and through six months we worked like crazy to put this book together and I think we've come uh, and put together a good book that covers everything from the struggles the decision to get married or not to get married uh, adultery passion commitment separation divorce death and of course celebration so what was it that finally made you agree to this editorial marriage, Jane, after all that time? Exactly what it is, an editorial marriage. Um, because I admired Fiona's work so much, and I knew that this would be end up being a really useful and um, valuable project. I wrote about marriage when I've been married for 26 years, and um, it's hasn't been all la 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 running through the daisies um and i know others feel the same way so we had discussed these things a lot and and i thought well fiona's right there is a lot out there about marriage and if we can bring pieces together and as fiona said make a community of uh pieces and writers here and then we did um have some new work written for for the book because we wanted to cover various subjects um then we could create a book that i well i i think it's a valuable contribution Mm -hmm. to the Mm -hmm. to the whole question of marriage which is it's a question it is it is and you can't really that won't go away it won't go away because you can't (laughs) answer it ever well everybody's got their own answer yeah well and we were chatting before the show started about how it's not just the marriage of the two people that and who get together it's uh it's then their families right. and everything oh, else yeah. and str- yes. and all the different things that are imposed mm-hmm. upon it did, did people Societal talk about that oh yes oh yes, yes. 
Yeah. Ayala uh, Safari, who's a wonderful Toronto uh, uh, Israeli writer, writes about having to get married in order to come to Canada mm. um, to be with her partner. And she is very very ambivalent about it and how in the wedding that they wanted to have this is a very simple wedding in the end they did have a, a bit of a larger one and she tried to resist by not cutting the cake um, uh. yeah but but she could feel resistance is futile yeah. <laughs> by the end of it and um, and trying to refashion marriage I think it's easier now than it was before um, because legally uh, even if you are common law you are financially obligated to each right. other after two years. So it's become closer to that uh, institution that we wanted to well, avoid. Well, then why get married? That's what Exactly. You have a poem open there. Yes, I do. Are you, it, do you want to read uh, another sure. poem? We can um, talk some more? Sure. Uh, the interesting thing about marriage is we have Evelyn Lau, who is not married. She's been with her partner um, for about... 25 years now, I think. Uh, they live separately because she definitely needs a room of her own. Mm -hmm. um, but she has seen uh, adulterous friends and uh, she writes about being at this party with her, one of her adulterous friends. Mm -hmm. And the piece is called Fireworks. We watch the fireworks from your balcony. Your husband with a circle of gold on a tarnished chain around his neck. Your silk-shirted lover holding hands with his wife. Her face a dark jewel turning in the lit-up night. As the first fireworks ignite over English Bay, reflect in the windows of a high-rise blocks away, we wonder who's on the barge tonight. If Jimmy Pattison is out on his yacht with rich men and beautiful women dancing and drinking champagne, if they lead better lives than ours, and what we'd have to do to get on board. You bring another beer for your love, fingers touching and eyes gleaming in a flash so black and hot. I wonder how your husband does not see, how he can know the names of all the bands on the 80s soundtrack and not know he's losing his wife. Missing you blares on the radio as strangers clap and cheer at the cookie-cutter heart traced for an instant in the sky. And then the weeping willows weeping into the water. Oh, yeah, how come he doesn't notice? Or maybe he does. Oh, uh, denial is denial. more than a river in Egypt. <laughs> or, or maybe the fact that he doesn't notice is one of the reasons that, you know, there's it's an happening. adulterous affair going on. Yeah. But we all know as, as we live our lives, we see these things happen around us. It's life, and mm -hmm. we can have these rules and so forth and mores, but people do what they do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And you have to decide how you're going to react to it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Jane, you had another one? Sure, I look like. do. I have a poem by Karen Schlenka called La Cumparsita. By the time her husband stomped off the dance floor, halfway through the song, she was thin with sorry hands. Their dogs never got along. She'd started to flinch when he raised his voice. There was the condom he put in her wallet as a going-away gift, the birthday dinner he made to entice her home, uneaten. She wrote him a postcard from Seville, said she had fallen in love with the city of flamenco. She was really saying, now I can dance alone. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See what yeah. you mean about all these different aspects yes. of oh, yes. 
Yeah. We have a great um, prose piece by Jane Eaton Hamilton Mm -hmm. um, about the history of same-sex marriage. She was in the court case Mm -hmm. for that, and she talks about how a lot of people in the LGBTQ community being against the court case, they don't believe in marriage, Mm -hmm. and why were these, you know, folks like her pushing for it? So it's a great look a snapshot of that period of time and the kind of flack that they got and yet they persisted and uh, and she ultimately got divorced in the end so she writes about being married and then in an epilogue about why she still supports marriage um, for whomever uh, despite having left one uh, quite interesting and Betsy Warland also writes about having been in a traditional monogamous heterosexual marriage then moving out into being polyamorous and then uh, being with Daphne Marlet and then another partner and having a kid and and so forth and so on. So there's a number of same-sex partnerships that are covered in the book as well as Monica Menengetti's fantastic piece about uh, polyamory and having three partners, which is very cool. Three committed partners. Yes, three committed Mm -hmm. partners. (laughs) It's interesting, you know, like when you said that all the flack that that was given at the time of that um, I, I remember I was part of uh, of Queer Nation at the time, oh. so okay, Queer Nation was not interested in the marriage no. right thing, right? It was no. wanted to be much more radical than that. And but even just three years ago, I had a conversation with a friend of mine that I've been friends with since grad school. He and his partner were planning to get married in London, and I was kind of teasing him about it because it didn't really feel like the thing, sort of thing he would do. And we had that conversation about it because I said, I don't feel like it's radical. I mean, it's great that you guys can get now get married. But, you know, like gay men have all this disposable. Like it's like you've got a privilege that. And so we had a whole long conversation about it. And then he told me what it meant to him and why he thought it was not, not a big deal. But after they got married, like the day they got married, he wrote and he said, you know, you're going to laugh about this. And I was like, I'm not going to laugh. But he told me what changed and what it meant for him. What did he say? And it convinced me, like in his, but again, I go back to like, it's an individual thing, right? It's an individual mm-hmm. thing. He said that, well, I'm, I'm not going to get it right, but he said that the ring, when he, it is a touchstone for him, when he looks down and all the ways he felt in his life coming from a rural, small, like small town in Alberta of shame and all the ways he had been denied his, his selfhood, that it was a touchstone for him, that there was love, and that it mattered, and that and that he was accepted as what he was by the state, maybe not, because Britain is different than the, the, the yes. North America, and that it meant that w- if uh, his partner died, he had more of a legal stake in their children, because before he would have just been pushed out, and that's yes, it. Like, that's right. Mm-hmm. Right, right. No, and so it meant all of those things to him. But he put it much more beautifully because he's a very beautiful writer. And uh, and I mean, in that in that individual case, it convinced me. But I still feel like it's not radical enough. I feel like we should be able to say whoever our partners are. Yes, we should be able to say this is my primary person, even though we don't have a sexual romantic relationship, yeah. or these are uh-huh. my primary persons. Yes, you know. So I, that's why I always felt it wasn't radical enough. Yes. But um, I I see that it has meaning to people. But again, you know, I'm like, I don't understand why the state has to get involved. But he convinced me. It's in that individual case. 
Well, I think the ring is a symbol and the ceremony is a ritual. Yes. And I think symbols and rituals do have significance. And you can try to do your own variation of them, and sometimes that's successful and sometimes not as successful. Um, but the use of symbol and ritual, I think, is important. It's part of the human condition. And of course, you know, the symbol might last for so long and then it wears out its batteries. But. Um, I think the symbol is is quite significant, and as a metaphor, we forget. I mean, of course, as poets and writers, we know the importance of metaphor and symbols, but they they sink in and they communicate to other people. So uh, Luann Armstrong, of course, Mm -hmm. talks about how people want to create family. So beyond the two people or whatever, three people, if you're polyamorous or more, um, you're creating a family with children and your building blocks are, you know, grandparents and aunties and uncles and so forth. You want to create something stable for the child. So you're creating a a kind of a garden. um, And rather than being nomadic, you're setting up a, a station so to speak and the ritual could be maybe you could create your own ritual on on the beach or in the forest or something with some trees or a couple of uh, deer but ultimately <laughs> it's a ritual it's a, a really ritual and there's a symbolism and you remember that and yes. it's significant you go when you're feeling tempted or unhappy you go back to that ritual and go oh okay mm. you know what is this worth to me this temptation this uh, departure in, you know, potential departure um, so uh, that's why I think it was important to c- include poets because they really plumb the um, the metaphor and the, the symbolism um so what did you decide? That's what I was wondering. Yeah, what did uh, you do after all that? Well, it, it's <laughs> very it interesting. With your decision. Yes, I really struggled for four years because I'd been single. I've been single longer as an adult than than married, uh, or living together for any anybody, and I had always worried about the power dynamic in marriage that. Uh, um, one person would have power over me, and I didn't want that. I really wanted to keep my own power. Um, and in this case, after four years with um, this wonderful uh, partner, a cabinet maker, a really respected, um, I felt that in order for him to be accepted by my family and treated as a family member, um, especially with my son, I wanted him to see my partner as a member of the fam- family, a ritual was significant. Interesting. And then also he got diagnosed with cancer. Mm. And then I thought, you know, I think I want to go through this ritual with him to show that mm-hmm. I care and I'm willing to commit and take the risk. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought, whatever happens, you know, chemo or recurrence, whatever, I want to show that I'm really beside him because he felt that he could be turfed any time and I didn't want him to feel that way. Mm. And I thought a ritual, um, the symbol of a ring, would really make him feel uh, secure and that would help his health and help the family recognize him and make him feel included. And is that what happened? Yes, and he's doing well so far, knock on wood. I won't knock on wood here, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I'm knocking on my head right now. And um, so uh, that was why I did it. And it doesn't mean that I don't have a lot of doubts about it um, and how to shape it and so forth. But I feel like uh, first marriage, which was a very short marriage of six years, I felt like I was losing myself. Um, this time I feel like... I have the reins, my own reins of my own horse, yeah, you know? Yeah. yeah. Our guests today are Fiona Tenway Lam and Jane Silcott, who are the editors of Love Me True 
uh, let me get that subtitle, Writers Reflect on the Ins, Outs, Ups, and Downs of Marriage. And you are listening to them on Wax Poetic on Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So we're close to running out of time. Jane, do you want to chat a bit about uh, marriage and has your perceptions of marriage changed over time of being married for as long as you have? And what surprises came up that you didn't expect or oh, many surprises <laughs> well well just before i left home uh, today my husband happened to be at home and i said well i'm going off to do this thing and he said it's okay you can talk about me <laughs> uh, as if he wanted to be ch- talked I about i think he actually enjoys it yeah um I think the surprise for me about marriage is um, the level of um, contentment and comfort that's built over the years and the, the sense of, of trust and safety yes, that absolutely. I feel. Yeah. And actually, um, that story about your friend and that touchstone of, of the ring mm-hmm. after his marriage, mm-hmm. that really touched me. And I thought you told it beautifully. beautifully. Well, you know yeah. what? I remembered that I, because I loved it so much, I got him to record it and I edited oh, it as a story. Oh, great. And it was on Terminal City Tales oh. last, but, but I will, uh, I can send yes, it to you. Yes, I love these two. maybe post the, oh, thank with you. his permission. Yes. Yeah, that's be really great. beautiful because as you were saying that, I was thinking when, you know, I... Um, we got married, and I had the ring, and and all of that stuff. We could we didn't get married until our mid thirties. Um, I felt that sense of oh, this is real. Somebody mm. actually really does love me, and that felt um, unusual for yes. me. And yeah. and that sense of trust and. Um, is very important to me and I think it is such an individual thing it is an it's individual, true right? it's because, because people make whatever they make of it sure. yeah yeah and, and for me I have my own you know weirdness mm-hmm. and how did, <laughs> which we how won't did, go into how did the, what you were raised with about marriage uh, affect you in your to in your relationships um, that's a good question I think my parents marriage was very polite mm-hmm. and um, quite I didn't because they got married after the war and they were older of course I was older when I got married too but uh, um, I I didn't see them really enjoying one another all that Mm. much they've been married for quite a while by the time I was born and that wasn't really a great model and then they split up after Mm. my dad retired so of course that you know, put me off. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I, I have really worked, and my husband and we've worked to keep having fun and enjoying each other, and you that's know, wonderful. Spending, it, I'm making it sound all sunshine and flowers. Well, right? no, 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 that's that's we all know. We're, 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 we're know. like, we're not. You know, well, we've all lived a bit. Yeah, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Fiona, what about yourself? Oh, my parents, uh, my mom was a yeller and a screamer and a thrower of pots, and uh, it was very, very tumultuous uh, and toxic, actually, and then my father passed away of cancer when he was 42, and my mom was a single mom, and uh, more yelling and screaming in pots, mostly directed towards me, uh, so I didn't think too much of marriage. I thought it was uh, it was very disempowering for my mom, that's why she was yelling and screaming, she was so unhappy. Um, so I really thought I would never get married, um, and I ultimately did for a brief time, the first one, and then I had a, I was out of marriage, had a kid on my own, I thought everything would be fine, but then uh, I met Ted, and then 
um, my cabinet making mm-hmm. uh, spouse and uh, that made me change my mind after a couple of years but yes definitely trust yeah mm-hmm. and uh, yeah yeah it's a wonderful experience you have something yes. in your hand right there. We need yes. to say it. tell people yes. about this very quickly. Okay, very quickly. We have a, a reading coming up at Book Warehouse on Main and 25th on Tuesday, April 3rd. We've got Mandy Lynn Catron, Monica Meneghetti, Gina Woolsey, and Rachel Rose, Poet Laureate. Great lineup. Yes. yes. And there's, are you doing more than, like you've already done a couple of readings, correct, for the yes. book? Yes. Are right. there more coming up besides the one we just mentioned? Well, come to Toronto. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> you have listeners May, in Toronto. Yes. May 3rd, okay. um, we are having a launch in Toronto at Ben McNally Books. Oh, good. And that is from 6 to 8 p.m. And we have an incredible lineup of, of readers there, including Ayelet Sabari and possibly... Euphemia Fantetti, Maureen Hines, Maureen Scott Harris, um, and so forth. But I hope people will look for the book. Uh, You know, Pulp Fiction is displaying it, Book Warehouse has it, and there's some great poets uh, like Evelyn Lau and Rachel Rose and Jane Monroe, Russell Thornton, Barry Dempster, Rob Taylor, Lorna Crozier, Shalene Knight, Anne Simpson, Elise Partridge, Bronwyn Wallace, Tana Runyon, Rona Bloom, um, Miranda Pearson, uh, Julian O'Toole, talk BTEC and many many others um, that you'll know and you will like and then a whole bunch of pros and absolutely it's quite weighty yes. you can't tell that by the picture that I said like I said because it's, it's about marriage that's right? why uh, so you can use it in various ways <laughs> yeah you can hit well so you can hit your spouse with it but well, I guess you know, you know, lovingly yeah. or lovingly. You know, whatever yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. And, yes. and both both genders will like it there's seven guys in the book it's not just yes. women yeah uh, and yeah. yeah it sounds like it's uh, quite diverse is um do you have anything about uh events coming up uh i just Mm, yeah, no. Adele Barkley is featuring at the Slam next Monday night mm. at 7 p.m. door, 8 p.m. show. It often fills up. So if you want to make sure that you are there to see Adele Barkley do a 20-minute feature, uh, get there before, you know, and eat. It's mm-hmm. got great food. And uh, the Versus Festival of Words is happening April 19th to 29th in Vancouver along Commercial Drive and at the downtown branch of the Vancouver Public Library. You can go to versusfest.ca. Versusfestival.ca. Uh, to uh, check out all the lineup. That'll be uh, fully announced very, very soon. Yeah, that's right. It's uh, almost up. Almost up. So it's a terrific it. festival. Oh, thank you. Um, so that's it. Uh, yep. I'm Pamela Bentley. I'm R.C. Weslowski. Thanks to uh, Jane and Fiona for being our guests today. Thanks so much. Thank you. And No Apologies Necessary is coming up next. You've been listening to Wax Poetic on Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. So what? So what? So what?